You're listening to the Oracle Podcast, where your story matters. Yeah, my name is Peter Flores. I'm originally a California boy, like Southern California, and uh, decided to move to Maine. So that's where I am right now. You know, logical choice, super cold, freezing. And I am a church plant pastor. Wow. Um, you are church plant, like, and you also do like an online church, like you do online yeah, work, do. ministry. Yeah, yeah, I do some online ministry on the side. It's kind of like a, like a passion project. Mm-hmm. And so, and that, and that project is called the Young Project. Yeah. 
So tell us a little uh-huh. bit about that. Well, uh, a few years ago, two friends and I sat at a coffee shop and we discussed an idea. Uh, and some of the ideas were like, well, okay, it seems like Christianity is headed in a certain direction. And we weren't really proud of that. It wasn't something that we really wanted to stand behind in, in certain aspects. So we decided to come up with an idea. How, how can we spread the, the gospel in the way it was intended to be heard? Because sometimes I feel like it's really diluted. So the kind of the, the motto for the Young Project is to act against stagnant Christianity. Christianity that, that just sits and listens and then goes back to sitting afterwards and doesn't really do anything. So that's, that's kind of what the Young Project did, kind of started as. So right now we're kind of a, we do three media platforms. We do a podcast called the young project then we have a blog and a vlog that's a that's a youtube channel and all of these things are, are on a website uh the young as well as our instagram all the videos are on uh, igtv and you can access the website through there um but basically it's just a bunch of friends that got together that are passionate about redefining christianity in the world that that rejects it completely almost yeah, and I think uh, that's huge that you guys do that, and it's pretty major because, I mean, I think the world rejects Christianity because Christianity, like you're saying, has been acting in ways that it's hard to get behind sometimes, right? And so it's important yeah. that we define it so that people mm-hmm. would want to be part of be part of Christianity or would want to have a relationship with Jesus, that is. Exactly, exactly. Awesome. Um, for all those listening, um, I met Peter... At AIA, must have been. Yeah. Was that at PUC where we first met? I I believe so. Yeah, it must yeah. have been PUC. That was like my third year or my, oh man, it must have been like some, like into my, going into my third year, way back. And um, yeah. yeah, and we were both, uh, you were a religious VP and I was going into a religious VP, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, was we, that the, we were both going into it. Yeah. We were both going into it, I think. Yeah. And was that the year you became uh, the, the AIA RVP? Oh no! You became the president. Yeah, that was that was the year after. That okay. Was the year after, yes, uh, yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, and uh, yeah, and so I'm just so excited. Thank you for everyone who's listening, and uh, this conversation I get to catch up with Peter, uh, Peter Flores, someone who yeah, I met man. when we were in college, and now we're both pastors. For now. sure. Um, Peter, uh, just let us know um, your story. This is what we want to hear about um, when you started. Mm-hmm. Uh, to understand who God was, or how did you become like? Did you come from a Christian family? Let us know about that story right there. Yeah, I am. Uh, on my mom's side, I think I'm third generation Adventist, and on my dad's side, I am second generation. So I grew up in a Christian home, just like you know, watching Veggie Tales, uh, uh, going to church on the Sabbath, uh, like a, a typical Adventist. Uh, lifestyle growing up like I remember I remember being very young I think I was maybe like seven or eight my parents are like all right you know that thing we used to drink called milk well that's out of here we got soy milk now and I was like what? <laughs> what's going on man this is the worst this tastes this tastes terrible why why are we doing this to ourselves and uh just grew up that way you know went to went to academy um k to eight then I rebelled and went to public school for four years, <gasps> you know, but, uh, I turned out okay. 
I, I, I went to uh, Adventist College as well. So, I mean, like, I, I grew up the – I stayed around Adventist my entire life. So it's a, it's a very, very typical upbringing. But I guess I didn't really understand who God was until a little bit later. I think my parents have always told me that – they've always repeated to me, you know, that um, – that verse in Jeremiah, you know, the God has a plan for me, mm-hmm. a very specific plan and a yeah. plan that's not to damage me, but to help me to be successful in life. That's right. And so in, in the very beginning of, of my life, near the beginning, I think my mom was pregnant with my sister at the time. Uh, my family took a vacation down to Mexico and I forget what beach specifically, but this beach was, was infamous for a certain thing. So we were, Having a picnic there, I remember my mom was preparing some food. I was walking around with my dad on the edge of the beach. It was just a wonderful day. It was sunny. It was perfect. Out of nowhere comes this huge rogue wave, and that was what the beach was infamous for. Boom! Slaps my dad straight in the back, and, and he hits a face plant right in the sand. And, and the thing is, he's either holding my hand or, or holding me, and he lets go of me completely. So I'm just floating out in the ocean somewhere basically to him. And my dad says this like super quick prayer. He just says, like, God help. Like two words, like simple. And then he reaches out and he grabs something and he feels it. And it's kind of squishy. And he's like, what is this? Like a piece of trash. And then he he realized exactly what it was. He lifts it out of the water and it's a diaper with me attached to it. So like barely – barely like saves my life and he says like as i came up out of the water like i took a really deep breath like i've been holding my breath the entire time wow and and ever since then kind of like uh maybe as a simile or a metaphor i feel like i've been afraid of the water and 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 i've been afraid of the ocean and those those were that was like a really big deal like a, a really big phobia of mine for the longest time and coincidentally uh, I also had a phobia of, of doing things that had to do with God because I didn't, I guess I didn't see them as cool growing up or I didn't see them. Well, on the other hand, like I, I didn't see them as cool, but on the other hand, I, I felt a calling. I think I was like 12 or 13 when I was like, dad, I want to be a pastor. And I feel like that really went away. Cause, cause I, I was starting to feel like what that meant and what I would have to give up. And what that would be like. So I kind of started to drift away from that. And again, it wasn't until I, until I finished my second year of college, like a long time, uh, that I started to confront this fear. And the way I did that is I kind of out of, out of desperation decided to be a a student missionary. And, uh, I was sent to the Island of Majuro which is in the middle of the Pacific Islands. It's the capital city and uh, island of the Marshall Islands. Mm. So I spent a year there. I, one, confronted my fear of the ocean and kind of pretty much got over it. I started to learn how to free dive. Um, Didn't do any scuba, unfortunately, but it was like the most beautiful fish and coral you've ever seen in your entire life. Like I just fell in love with the ocean and at the same time was falling in love with God, my heart, that, that felt like hardened towards anything Christian or Adventist started to soften up. And, and it was really like a transformation. So like, and, and it happened because of the people that were there. 
And because of, of the things I was feeling and the things I was going through, I decided to say a second year. So I stayed there for two years in a row, just just teaching on this island, getting to know people, getting to know myself, and really just getting close to Jesus. And it was such a, a benefit for me, changed everything uh, about me. Up until that point, I was pre-med. When I came back, I switched to um, theology and um, always had the minor in music kind of dragging behind, but uh, finished off with that and and graduated with that degree in theology a few years later and now i'm in maine and let me tell you it is still a struggle mm. it is still a, a a constant a constant battle of of thinking about myself and thinking about how great fantastic amazing my god is and how how little faith i have sometimes you know like i'm i'm my name is peter and I'm literally the quintessential Peter. Like, man, my faith is so small sometimes. <laughs> like, God is like, man, I'm walking on water right in front of you, and I'm just like, I'm just drowning, trying to trying to stay above the water because I, I I don't trust in what God can do through me sometimes. Hmm. I, I want. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. I want to kind of finish it. No, because I was just wondering, like, um, when you made that reference about water, like, did you? Were you legitimately like you still had a phobia of water for a long time after that inter that situation? Yeah, any anywhere in the ocean, like it it was the worst. It was like I I had a lot of friends that loved the ocean. I was too scared to go past like chest deep. Like I could swim. I'm a good swimmer, and I love swimming, like in a pool setting. But but when the ocean, it it's different because again, like this is kind of analogous with with the relationship with God. The ocean, when you're in it, has complete control over you. If a big wave hits you, it's going to roll you. You can't just stand still. And even if you do stand still, the sand is going to sink beneath your feet. It'll start to move. It's weird. Whoa, and, I, and I, I, just feel, I just feel powerless. I mm. really feel powerless in the ocean. And, and I still did, I think, when I started to fall in love with the ocean. But I changed my mindset. I started to let myself be carried by the waves and let the waves let the waves take me where they needed to take me and use the opportunities of stillness to move forward. Wow. Wow, you just actually and, fully uh, re, 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 rewrote this song, Oceans, for me, in my understanding. I never understood crazy, that. Man. I never actually, I, I never have taken in the power of, like, how in water you can't do anything. Yeah, like, genuinely, and now I'm just thinking of like I went to Hawaii once, and um, yeah, I got I like I saw this like little like coral reef, and I thought it was like really nice, but there was like this like like current that was caught amongst them, yeah, and I just got caught in yeah. that thing, and I got whipped around, like I destroyed a coral reef by accident, really sad, yeah. and like, uh, <laughs> and like I just, but I just like really remember how like I actually had no control. I was moving my yeah. arms, but I wasn't moving until the, I got pushed out of the current. Wow. Yeah, man, it's oh, it's just crazy, like like water. Just not even the ocean. Like water itself is so powerful. You like if you compress it enough and you and you pressurize it, it can cut through literally anything. Like it's stronger than steel. Hmm. Like think of these like huge like boats that people have constructed to be the strongest thing ever, and water just destroys them sometimes. That's right. It's insane. So you have to you again. 
to to make it an analogy, you have to learn like there are boats that can deal with really heavy seas. And and they're built in a very specific way to be able to deal with those seas. And so I think like as a person, I need to build and educate myself in a way that's going to let me traverse any seas of doubt that I might have in myself. And that's that's kind of how I see my relationship. It's it's not perfect. It's ever it's ever growing towards the ideal of perfection that I probably will not attain at all or even close by the time Jesus gets here. But like that's that's the ideal I'm heading towards. So that's what I try to build with. But again, there's there's doubt in that sometimes. Yeah. Um, before we, I, I, I want to talk about this doubt thing because I relate to that. Um, yeah. I want to talk about your choice going to on this mission because you had this, felt you felt this call when you were young to be going to ministry um, intentionally. Yeah. Um, but then you decided not to go, you decided to, do, to like turn away from it. What were the things that were hard that you felt like would have been hard to sacrifice that prevented you from making the choice to go into pastoral work right away earlier or going to college just to be theology right off the jump. Right. I guess, well, <laughs> and maybe I, I, okay. So maybe this is kind of my dad's fault in a way. <laughs> and, and I'm not throwing him under the bus here at all, but my dad always used to tell me like, Oh man, theology majors. Oh man. They're such a joke. Sometimes like I, I would be studying cause my dad, my dad studied to be an engineer and, and, and he was like, you know, behind the desk, writing on papers the entire time, you know. And whereas he said to me, wow, man, like I was working on my homework and studying hard for tests, man. These theology majors would be outside. They're playing Frisbee with their girlfriends. And like I'm just studying stuck in here. And I was like, oh, man, theology must be really simple and really easy and, you know, carefree. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I want to do something yeah, yeah. challenging. And so I kind of I guess that mentality kind of formed when I was younger. And, and growing up, I saw the opportunities. Like I, I preached at my church when I was younger and, and I had, I had pastors that tried to mentor me and tried to help me and, and gear me in towards, in towards a service, uh, minded path, I guess. And the thing is like service for me, helping other people. Oh my goodness best thing in the world mm -hmm. i love it i thrive on it it is something that fulfills me to the depths of my soul but it's it's so easy for me to be lazy and sit down and do nothing like i i am the quintessential christian i am trying to act against like i am the most if if you leave me alone and if god were to leave me and to to, to my own vices oh man 100 percent stagnancy that's what i would be like the the like the desires there but but i'm fighting this battle against doing something i really want to do or that that goes against the belief so again to get back to the point of why i delayed so long in, in choosing a path to ministry it was it was more of a like a maturity thing i guess at the point because i knew i knew that service was something i wanted to do but I wanted to try other stuff because I was curious. Mm. And like I got good grades in high school in science and I got good grades in high school in math. So I thought that, you know, it's going to be simple. And and when I get to college, it's, it's like I'm going to do fine. I, all I have to do is study a lot and I'll be fine. And, you know, it, it was OK for the beginning, but I just completely lost motivation. I had no passion for it. And so like, it feels like I 
maybe this is normal for for most people, but like, I feel like I drifted for the first two years of college, not knowing what I wanted to do at all, and and that mission trip kind of kind of changed the whole thing. Yeah, in my mind, it, it flipped my paradigm. Yeah, and I think like um, when we're at those moments where we're especially in a loss of passion and we're searching, sometimes we actually need to do something really uncomfortable to kind of help us find where we're exactly. Where we're at. Exactly. I think it's crazy you ended up on an island surrounded by water. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like the the biggest fear of my life. And if you if you get a chance, Ben, you gotta look at what this island looks like. It's literally just like a like a horseshoe or a or a crescent moon. It's just this little strip of land. It's called an atoll. Basically like I think it's the, like the tip of a of a of a dormant volcano kind of thing, or or maybe just like volcanic eruptions cause this land to come up in just this little strip. Like there's there's land below it, but it's just a tiny little strip of land. Like when the plane's landing, you see water on either side of you, and you're like, oh my goodness, like this plane's going down. But then it lands on the land, and and you're fine. But like, oh man, wow. it is it is a freaky thing to have zero elevation. The highest point on this on this island is 30 feet. What? <laughs> so you can you can see the yeah, whole man. you can see the whole island if you stand in the right spot. <laughs> pretty so, much, yeah, on top of the on top of the bridge where where that elevation is, you can see pretty much the entire the entire island. Like the the one of the fun things we did is jump off that bridge, which I think is illegal. So <laughs> you don't tell anyone, but you know. Wow. That's wow, pretty. Wow. It's pretty crazy how tiny it is. Yeah. All right, bro. I'm gonna ask you a little bit about this doubt thing because. Um, Do it. Yeah, one of the hardest things is um, is trusting in God. But another thing that we can face that's a struggle is trusting in ourselves to do what God is asking us to do. Right? Yeah. Like, it, I think um, a lot of us can overcome kind of uh, the concept of, you know, like, is God really going to do something for me? Like, we can believe that. But then when mm-hmm. God asks us to do something, it's mm-hmm. almost like now, the, now, okay, God, like, I know you exist. I know you're powerful. But what am I supposed to do? How can I do anything of this? Like I don't, I don't know if yeah. I have enough influence. I don't know if I'm smart enough. I don't know if I'm yeah. able to speak well enough. I don't know if people are going to listen oh, to me, preach, et cetera, et cetera. Preach, so um, this concept of doubting yourself through God's calling, um, what, uh, how, how have you experienced that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's met me at every single turn. I, like, for example... I remember trying to stay a second year on that island and I knew that like my life was headed in a different direction than it had ever been. I remember calling my dad and, and asking him, okay, what do you think about me spending another year here? And at the beginning, my dad was like completely against it, like completely against it. He's like, you know, I'm not even going to support you in this. Like, this is just like a, it, it's not a good idea. And then I remember getting another call back and, and he was totally for it. So I feel like doubt is the precursor in, in my life, in my story. It's the precursor to something amazing happening. Mm. Like every time I have doubt, God blows my mind. Like wow. every single time. And, and, and I just, every single time I go back again, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a classic Israelite, bro. Like, oh man, God has shown me so many different miracles in my life and so many different things where he's come through. 
But then I'll be like, you know, I'll, I'll lose a pair of keys and I'll be like, God, why have you done this to me? What's wrong with you, man? I'm like, oh, I'm like, uh, I was so strong for you. And, and now, like, you got to punish me. Mm. And like, <laughs> like, that's my mindset. It's stupid. It's terrible. After all that God has done for me and how much he's shown me and, 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 the, and, the, and the crazy things he's done for my life. Like, I can think of a recent one even. I remember get, I, I travel on a ferry um, quite often to go visit a family in, in New York. And there was this one time I was about to get on the ferry from Connecticut to, to Orient Point, and, and my, I locked my keys in my car. And I'm like, oh, man, well, I'm, I'm stuck here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to look for a place to stay the night because it was the last ferry going out. And I'm like, oh, like, oh this, is, this is the worst thing ever. And I started, I went quick to that, God, why have you done this to me? Mm-hmm. And, and God was like, Peter, sit down, take a breath, calm yourself. Look around you. What do you see? You see anyone that can help you? And in front of me are these, are, are, are these three guys. And if I'm being honest, they look kind of shady. And, and <laughs> I asked them, hey, guys, like, <laughs> I just locked my keys in my car. And... And like, do you guys know of any way to, to like get the door open or, or anything like that? Cause I, I feel like maybe I heard them talking about cars or something like that, or they had worked in cars. I don't know. Maybe something like that had, had, I had heard right before, but I reached out to them. Yo, these guys were like professional car thieves or something. <laughs> they got this little, like they got this little wedge out. They got this little hand pump thing, bro. They opened that door in three seconds and were like, no problem. <laughs> No problem, man. And like these were like three really big Hispanic dudes. Like they were kind of intimidating. I was, I was like, "Thank you guys, appreciate it." They're like, "Yeah, no problem, man. Like, you got it. It's not a big deal." I was like, "How much do I owe you?" They're like, "Oh, it's free, man. No problem." Like, <laughs> God, God shows up in the most unexpected ways, and I am, uh, I am, I am plagued with doubt sometimes, in in what He can do for me, and what He has done for me, and it, uh, I guess. Like this is this is really therapeutic for me, Ben. Just talking about it mm. because it's it's it's. I I think I need to do this every single morning. Just go over. All right, Peter. Today you're going to be presented with some doubt in some form, but look at all this list of things that God has pulled you through, and and, and remember that. But again, yes. it's like it's like the it's like the Paul thing, you know. I doubt when I don't want to doubt, even though I know it's wrong. The things that I want to do, those are the things that I don't do. You know, it's like he knew what he was talking about, and he was going through the same struggles that we are sometimes. Is it? Is it? Is it just? Is it mainly the concept that we forget in the moment? I I think it's I think it's it's a lot of different things. I I think that yes, it is in certain situations, but a lot of times, like. Doubt, doubt. I guess shows itself in different ways in my life. Because, because yes, there's the there's the uh, pray for the thing you lost or pray for the situation to be over with. But then there's the like, I'm stuck in this rut, and I'm doubtful that I can move forward. Like, if I'm being completely honest here and candid, like, man, some of the work that I do for the Young Project personally is weak, man. And I'll look back and I'll cringe at some of it. And I'll be like, why didn't I do that better? Why didn't I? Why didn't I overcome like my, my, my doubt in myself and and go ahead and and, and go back and fix that audio and make it better 
mm. or like or like do all these other things that, that could do it because I, I know that I'm capable of doing more and I know that God is capable of doing way more through me but oh man like I just it's like again like uh, like the reason that the young project exists is for like the people like me who who are 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 complacent sometimes with 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 mediocrity when we know that we serve a God that can do so much more. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, again, like in, in another way, like doubt creeps up on me because I have an ego. And I think that's something very easy for, for a pastor type of person to have. And I think that's very common, but the personality of, of, of being full of yourself sometimes. And, and again, to counter to counter that that ego, sometimes I go into full self doubt mode, and it's so poisonous. Because like again, like you want to be humble, right? Like that's something that that you want to be. You want to have humility. Yeah. But but the ego comes in, and and you're like, oh wait, wait, hold on, hold on. This isn't about me. And you have to check yourself yeah. constantly, because a pastoral job provides you with situations in which you are in charge and and you are you are the spearhead of this thing or or this project or or this person respects you so much and you have complete you know uh, authority to say what you think to them and 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 you and you feel a sense of power but again like we don't have the power we don't god is working through us and I, and you have to check yourself and 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 unfortunately sometimes i go into like peter you're nothing peter Peter, yeah, God, God is doing all these things for you, but Peter, sit down. Like you, you, you don't know what you're doing, and and it gets poisonous sometimes to the point where, like, again, I doubt myself, mm-hmm. and I doubt what, what, what God can can do through me. But again, it's oh man, life is such a roller coaster, Ben. Like mm-hmm. the waves that that hit the shore, man. It's like it's like okay, this is a, this is a spot of peace. All right, the waves about to crash on top of me. What do I do? All right, I remember that God taught me how to duck dive beneath this wave, so I'm good now. Oh, what's that? God gave me fins. Oh, what's that? God gave me a snorkel and goggles. I'm set. You know, like, I just forget. I forget sometimes. Yeah. And I think you mentioned something very, very profound there that um, it's our ego sometimes that makes us doubtful in the sense of Mm -hmm. we doubt because sometimes we think it's about us. Yeah. Um, And so because I think like, oh, man, I can't do it. But God's like, I'm not asking you like, in the sense of just to start doing these things, I'm going to do it through you, right? So it's not about us in that sense. But then sometimes we can be so thinking that opposite of the ego, like it can flip, and then we think, well, we're so unable to be used. And so um, it's, yeah, it's actually a roller coaster. It's a constant battle. We have to find that balance where it yeah. isn't about us, yet God wants to use us specifically uh-huh. because he values us. Absolutely. Wow. And... For, for example, like another example that's happening in real time, Ben, like I, I decided to do this crazy new project um, um, where I am going to sell pretty much every single thing I own and give all the money away. And I don't think I talked to, to you about this at all. Wow. It's oh. like it's a it's a it's the newest video I just put out on the Young Project channel. And. I've had this idea in my head for a long time and I've been wanting to do it because again, okay, like as a person, you buy so many things, you don't need half of them or even 75% of them. We just buy that sometimes. And, and so I just, 
decided to do this. I'm starting to do it. And again, one of the first things that creeps up is doubt. Like, is this about me? Am I making this about myself? Because like the whole intent behind it is to get money, as much money as possible to help other people with. And, and there's doubt through throughout the entire thing. Like I, like right now, I'm just being, I'm being way too lazy to look through everything and to get an inventory list set so that mm. people that want to buy stuff can buy it. Mm. And I'm just, ugh. it's like, it's like, it's like these thoughts that come in my head, Peter, this isn't going to work out. Peter, you're going to give up halfway through. Peter, do you really need, want to sell that? You paid so much money for that. Why are you going to yeah. sell that? Wow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous, man. I mean, I'm just, I'm still shook that that is, that's your, that's your project right now. And I think that's, that requires like a lot. Yeah, it does. But I like, okay, like I feel like I'm at a perfect point to do it in my life because I'm single. I I currently am in a situation where I'm not paying rent. I, uh, I, I have a very good budget system that I have going on for myself right now. Just kind of started a few months ago, but like I'm, I'm sticking to the budget I have. And so I've started compiling all these different things that I don't need. Dude, I love a Nintendo Switch, man. My Nintendo Switch, oh, that's my baby, dude. Like I love, I love playing Super Smash with friends, or like Mario Kart, or like oh my goodness, Breath of the Wild, dude, the new Zelda game that like came out a few years ago. Yes, yes, dude, that's like, oh, that's like the best game ever, dude. I'm gonna sell it, man. I'm getting rid of it, and that's wow. like my, that's like my go-to thing. And it's like, <sighs> there's a certain dependency on things. Mm. I am such a materialistic person, hmm. like too much, and it got to the point where it was dangerous for me. And that's why, like, I and I knew it. The warning signs were there in the back of my head. So that's why I've been contemplating doing something like this for a year. Hmm. And now that the Young Project is is growing a little bit bigger, and there's a platform to share these kind of ideas, I want to use myself as a guinea pig to show what God can do through one person. Um, and it, it it may it, again the doubt is right here in my in my voice. Like it may end up being a complete disaster. <laughs> like it may end up being like a like a like a terrible thing like i'm not trying to get myself into financial ruin but but you know like I, i'm a human i make mistakes hopefully it doesn't happen but i again this is not about me this is about helping the most vulnerable the poorest the people who need help because there are so many people in my current community um in maine that that need help um that 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 need uh money sometimes or things done for them like for example I, i'm talking too long here ben stop me if you need no to. no keep going like, keep going because I, I, <laughs> I have something to say about say don't worry keep going yeah like there there's a the the worst times in my life i think have been car troubles like i have bought some junkers and like i think the same thing growing up too my family has bought some terrible cars and and we've had a light out, you know, and, and like you don't have enough money to fix the light because I was so poor growing up, Ben. Mm. Like we didn't have enough money to fix that headlamp. But if we don't fix it and we drive at night, we're going to get a ticket. And if we get that ticket, like we're not going to be able to fix the light even further. And we're going to go deeper and deeper into this poverty. And like, ah, it's so stressful to be driving at night. Like my parents ex like decided instead of instead of fixing the light. They would put their put or like because they couldn't fix the light, 
and so they wouldn't get a ticket. They put the car on high beams. Wow. Like they're blinding everybody that's driving on the road <laughs> just so they won't get a ticket. Like that's like that's like oh man. That's such like a <laughs> I don't know. Like I I I am stopping myself from saying the words like ghetto because that's maybe not what it is. Like I don't know. It's like uh, it's so stressful. So like one of my first things that I want to do with with the money that that I'm going to get from selling all my stuff is look for people with, with, with problems like that. If I see someone with like a broken headlamp, mm-hmm. like I need to figure out how to talk to that person. How can you help or if them I see right them around again? Yeah. Yeah. And be like, Hey man, like let's, let's go to a, let's go to a car shop. Let's fix that for you right now. So you don't have to worry about it. Let, let's go, let's go take care of that. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, bro, this is what I'm, this is what I want to ask you. Uh, coming, tying back to the doubt thing. You have this yeah. vision. You have an idea of a project that you're committing to. <clears throat> yeah right and you know god has put that in your heart um oh, we yeah. all get these things where <clears throat> god is god puts that in our heart these projects and they might sound outrageous they might sound yeah. risky like especially genuinely mm-hmm. like sometimes there's things that come in my mind <clears throat> but like yeah. fear of like i guess like in my past certain things have happened that like, i don't want to go yeah. back to that or have exactly. to be like like i think I, my biggest fear sometimes is dealing with things with money because i'm like Lord, please, like, I can't yeah. end up broke, right? Like, I can't. Dude, yeah. Right? And so it makes us do these doubts. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, is it, does God want us to reach a point where we can have these projects and just dive in and not worry? Or is doubt necessary? Yeah. Like, is this something that we can <coughs> ever fully shake off? Like, is it possible? Right. Huh. Man, that's, that's such a big question. Because again, uh, I guess, like, think about it this way. What if you grew up where every single thing worked out for you? Like, maybe, like, like you were about to have doubt, but then, like, oh, it worked out anyways. I'm good. I'm good. No, I'm fine. Like, every, everything worked out for you. And, like, you grow up with that, with, with a sense of no doubt. It's never been tested. And then you come to a point where you are tested. Imagine how weak you would be. Yeah. Having, having zero, zero, uh, resilience in that aspect yeah um and that's why like the rich young ruler like this guy had like i think it's in matthew chapter 10 i think starting verse 17 this guy he he has everything he's super young it's like me like my age if i were super rich which i'm not like (laughs) talking to Jesus and asking him again, like, how do I get into the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus is like, straight up, dude, sell everything you got. This guy, this guy didn't even consider it. He was like, Oh, dude, no, I'm good. Because again, like, I think, and I think like something that you touched on, like money is such a big worry. It is. And like, we don't, we don't want to worry about it. Cause we want to think, you know, God has my back. I'm never gonna have to worry about money. But if money wasn't an issue, I think so many problems would be solved, right? Mm. Like, for example, like that doubt I had when I lost my key, Ben, like, okay, like I'll buy another key. Like, <laughs> like my car doesn't work anymore. All right, no problem. I'll buy another car. Like if money wasn't an issue at all, so many of my problems would be solved. But because it is not, I have grown so much and I've been tested so much. And I, I, I feel like I'm a different person than I was because of the hardships that I've been through. 
And I think that's what Jesus was kind of talking about when he, after that story happened, he said, you know, it's harder for, or it would be easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle mm. than it would be for a rich person to go to the kingdom of, of, of heaven. You know, like that's, that's insane. Mm. But it's, it, 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 it may be along those same lines of this person has not gone through these, through these difficulties and hardships. So they haven't built up these resistances to, to doubt like they get like the people who get back up those are people who get things done yeah but if you have never been to if you've never been hit down to the ground how are you going to get up when you're there you're not yeah. going to know what happened you're going to be shocked you're going to stay there for a while you might be stuck there and that i think that's what doubt tries to do every time it tries to knock us down for that final time you know that last time where we will not get up hmm. and that's it you know, like, and, and I, I'm not saying I'm immune to something like this. Like I, I know a lot of friends of mine who are now like, they don't, they don't go to church. They don't believe in God. They either claim to be agnostic or atheist. And, and sometimes some of these friends are, are friends that, that I went to school with and like, were, were in theology classes with like, wow. that's, that blows my mind, mm-hmm. you know, but and I, I'm not saying it's because they're rich. I'm saying, I'm saying there are times when doubt hits us so hard that we don't think we can get, get back up. And sometimes we don't get back up. And, that, and, and it's terrible. It's horrible. But because of the experiences, because of the little, little instances with, and experiences with doubt that I've had in the past, I am filled with a sense of hope that doesn't go away. It's in the That's back right. of my head always. That's right. And it's always there. It's 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 again the the comforter. Jesus is right mm-hmm. there gearing me back and and, and leading me back and and, and and holding me up mm-hmm. sometimes. When I can't get up, Jesus picks me straight up off the ground and says, I got you. I'm gonna carry you. We got this. There's no problem, Peter. I'll take care of this for you. And that that's that's so powerful to me. It, yeah. And it, it's what it's what really trumps any sign of doubt that uh that i have sometimes but no, that's powerful because i think yeah. um like you said at the beginning when we do doubt god can do something powerful and when he does something mm-hmm. powerful it can strengthen us for what we doubt again and so yeah if we never try to doubt or if we never like it's like we're almost taking a chance that god will still do things powerful but those are still opportunities for god to do something um mm-hmm. Peter, just to close up this conversation, yeah. Um, if somebody's listening and they're wondering, uh, and they're struggling, sorry, with doubting themselves to do what God is asking them to do, what would you tell them? You know, it's it's a difficult thing. You know, doubt doubt is not something easy to deal with, regardless of whether you're rich or poor. It is a it is a struggle, a difficult thing. And, and I commiserate with you wherever you are in your doubt. But I want to challenge you to take a leap. Take a leap in, in the direction that you're afraid of going. Not a literal leap into <laughs> off of a cliff or anything like that crazy, if that's where you're afraid of going. But I'm talking about if, if your if you're youth pastor asks you to speak for a thing and you're super afraid to do it, but you feel like you should do it, try it out. If you mess up horribly, learn from your mistakes, I guess. Mm-hmm. But if you 
if, if you're in a position where you're where you're stuck you don't know what to do take a leap in the direction you're afraid to go if if, if it's going to be something positive for you if it has the potential to be or if you're if you're if you're doubtful if you're in a in a in a spiritually doubtful sense take a chance on god it'll 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 blow your mind what he can do through you like there there are so many opportunities we have day to day take a chance leap maybe it's maybe it's to be a student missionary maybe it's just to help your neighbor do something it, it's 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 got to be something tangible right in front of you but take that leap take a chance